0: Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, what do you think of our little image up there? The resistance. How many people when they think of the resistance? Well, actually I'm gonna ask a question. When you when I say the resistance, what do you think of? Who what do you think of Emily? Star Wars, of course. Anyone else think of like TV shows or anything like that, you know? Star Wars. Who's, who's a Star Wars fan? There's a few. All right. So in Star Wars, of course. The, the the resistance is, you know, the, the light. You know, you've got the Luke, come to the dark side, you know, and then you've got the light, you know, and and, and so you've got this battle between good and dark, um, good and evil, light and dark, and and we have the invading force that's co- trying to take over the whole universe. Isn't that kind of parallel with what we read in the book of Genesis and the way that unfolds? Now, of course, it's... it's Now there's a lot of things, we're not going to preach about Star Wars by the way, Uh, I just thought I'd, (laughs) don't get disappointed, Um, I'm going to use the Bible, but I, I just wanted to highlight something and that is that right throughout history of mankind there's been these stories and there's actually been realities that have become stories. Now if you go back a few years to some of us who are a little bit older, we might remember other kinds of resistance like, you know, comedy slapstick, you know, like L-O-L-O, you know, the the French resistance, you know. And it, so, and then you've got Hogan's Heroes and, you know, McHale's Navy and all those sorts of things. Anyone remember any of those when you were younger? Yeah. So, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it does actually, yeah. Once you get past 50, you don't count no more, right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I just I just think that, when you look back and you see how um, a lot of these stories were portrayed, they were portrayed in a way, because if you think back to World War II, for instance, and there were some of us here who either they, they experienced the end of it or their parents were in it. or You know, my parents grew up, we both grew up in, during the war. My grandparents used to harbour Jews in their house in Holland as a part of the resistance to stop the Jews from being taken and killed by the, the Germans, the Nazis. And uh, so when you hear all that, and you and actually get to hear the stories of what used to take place. It's quite horrific. And uh, just recently, you know, I, I, I watched a, or at least part of a movie, I couldn't watch it all, it's quite... quite hard, but it was done in black and white, even though it was a modern film of the Holocaust. And uh, I just couldn't watch it. It was just so horrible. But it's a reality that there was an invading force that wanted to kill everything in its path, and particularly wanted to kill the Jews, who were God's people. And And then you have all these stories that came out, which put the story in a comedic sense to try and not make light of it, but to actually ease the heart. Because if you talk about something that's really hard, like really harsh and horrible, how many people know that when you start talking about horrible things, you sort of... But if you can put it, you know, like... Who remembers Dad's army, you know? (laughs) But the reality was there was a Dad's army. They might not have all been quite as funny as these guys, you know? But there was an actual, like old guy's army in, in England, and they were like the resistance in England, the ones who were too old to go to war, who created a band of people who were going to protect their nation, you see. And uh, when I think of the word resistance, I think of how the resistance is about repelling an enemy that wants to take over, take control, and force itself to be your leader. And how many people know we got a, we got an enemy just like that, right from the very beginning? If you go back to the book of Genesis, you'll see the very first encounter of man and their enemy was wasn't like Luke come to the dark side, you know. It wasn't like that, was it? Because he doesn't come in your face; he comes under the radar, and he sort of slips in the sideways, and he tries to get your confidence. And how many people know that in the world today, the majority of people don't even know that he exists. Half the people in the church don't even know that he exists. You know? And yet we sing about victory. We're going to have a victory, you know? And it's the truth. You know that Jesus um, came to destroy the works of the enemy, the works of the devil. Did you know that? Scripture tells us that. I probably need a bigger podium here. Let me just see if I can move my Bible over a bit. Or I need a smaller Bible. What do you reckon, eh? <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. Normally I have my iPad, which is much easier, but the internet's down at our house at the moment, so I'm going old school. I started out 30 years ago preaching with notes like this, and so I feel like I've gone back in time. It's pretty good, but I am I am talking about L O L O, and you know, and uh, Dad's Army, so it's all good. One John uh, 1 John three eight. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. You know that when when Jesus came into the world, his his whole Life was about lifting up the Father and dealing with that enemy, establishing his kingdom on earth. Now, we also know about the devil, and this is what the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4 4 that he is described by the Apostle Paul as the God of this age. He says, the God of this age, the God, see, so what is a God? Now we have Elohim, the Creator the God, but under, not under him directly, but in the spance of the spiritual realm, there are, as the Bible calls it, gods. You know, and we're not to worship other gods. And he is, Satan is the god of this age, and he got his authority back in the garden when mankind handed over that authority by trusting him rather than God. That's where it all started, wasn't it? Well, it actually started prior to that because he rebelled in heaven. We, we we read about that, about Lucifer rebelling in heaven, then falling. Jesus said, I saw Lucifer fall like lightning to the earth. And then God created man in his own image, and we had this beautiful relationship with God in the garden. It was perfect. Everything was just Awesome, you know, everything is awesome. See, I'm, I'm so on the media tonight, I don't know why. Maybe it's, maybe it's a sign that I have to um, stop watching TV or something. <laughs> but you see, God made everything perfect, yeah? We know that. How many people have ever been in a situation where you've been in an encounter with God where, like Sheikh was talking earlier about, you know, the sheep and the grass and having no need, you encounter God and suddenly everything is just... Whew, it's like all the troubles of this world all just seem to disappear for a moment. Isn't that those moments? Do you ever have those moments where everything's just so beautiful? Then you come back and you go, oh, man, I wish it was like that all the time. Well, I got some good news. It can be. It can be. But I got some bad news. We have an enemy. And I don't think that's news to most of you. But here's the thing, we got to learn how to step into the victory and walk as God has called us to walk. Psalm 23, which Sheikh read out earlier, and amazingly enough, it's the 23rd of February today. Right? So I thought that was interesting. She, we had the encounter with the angel in our room last night. There were 23 spot fires in the vision, and it's the 23rd of February, and she gets the 23rd Psalm out of that. And of course, that was a part of my message also. And the 23rd Psalm talks about the sheep being led by the shepherd into the green pasture where there is rest and there's hope. And then, lo, i walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will what? Fear no evil. You know, that's, that's, If we're going to walk in victory, we've got to get to the point where we fear no evil, where we can walk in a place where we know that the shepherd is with us, that we know that he's for us and not against us. And as we walk, we have this confidence that he's there and we're able to, as James puts it, and I love this passage in James um, 4 verses 7 to 10, where he speaks to the church and says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death and we fear no evil. We walk in a place when we have Christ as our, as our shepherd where we don't fear evil, where we have all that we need. And we, if we follow James, we submit to God, we resist the devil, and he flees from us. But how many people know that that doesn't always seem to be, inverted commas, the case for us? You know, in the church we have sickness and, and the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. That, that's true and yet this is our reality. You know, we have a preacher who falls down sick and shouldn't we just be able to pray and just raise him up? You know, and the reality is is we have we have aging bodies of course you know i've got a bit of pain right now i'm sure some of you've got some pain right now right that's our reality but we have an enemy that comes after us and after us and after us and he's he's not just after giving us a bit of pain so we have discomfort. He wants to get in our mind. He wants to get in our circumstances. He He wants to get in the doctrine of the church. He wants to twist things around. He wants to get us to the point where we're not functioning as God intended us to function. And so when we read scriptures that say, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, we go, yay! And then we go, well, how do I do that? You know, like, we get all excited, oh, we're going to have a victory, yay, we're going to have a victory, and then we walk out of here and we get smashed by the devil, and the whole rest of the week we're wiped out. We go, oh, how do I even survive, you know, and you know, because you read Facebook, you know. (laughs) I just know, I watch stuff on Facebook, and I say, oh, my goodness, such and such is having a hard time. Better give him a little call or something, you know, Are are you all right, you know. None of us are different. I I battle with temptation all the time. I'm like, okay. ooh, bad person. No, Jesus battled with temptation as well. Nothing wrong with battling temptation. It's what you do with it. See, if you're tempted and then you resist, the resistance. If you're tempted but you resist, And we stand strong and we resist the enemy, then he'll flee. But how do we do that? That's the key. And that's what I feel like God wanted me to talk about today because I feel as though some of us are not living in victory. And some of us are continually being bashed up by the enemy. And yes, I get it. You know, like, you look at the church and in all honesty, the church isn't really reflecting all that it can be. And uh, I think sometimes we miss... The truths the simple truths of the gospel um, and you know how the enemy comes in and as I said early he comes in and he gets underneath and it's like he he convinces us that something's true or he convinces like he convinced Eve first of all to oh, you know God said that but it's not going to happen just have a bite it's going to be nice you know. That's the subtle way of Luke come to the dark side, you know, and so she comes along and then she talks it to to Adam and says, "Come on, Adam, this is good fruit," you know, and Adam's sort of like, "Whoa, yeah, all right, you know, let's try this fruit out," and uh, they get themselves into all sorts of trouble. But that's exactly what the devil does in every area of our life. We've all got either in our own journey or family members who are even right now struggling. Like, big time. They might love the Lord. You might love the Lord dearly, and you're struggling. Some people are struggling with habitual sin. Some people are struggling to, you know, just keep a prayer life going. Some people can't read the Bible anymore. It's like, it's too hard. It's like, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense, you know. And then we've got the Holy Spirit who leads us under all truth, and yet there's all these realities that we face, and we shouldn't. We do, but we shouldn't. It's probably not the right word, shouldn't. That's probably not a good word. Uh, let's think of a better way of saying it. I think when the enemy comes in and tempts and lures us into places, it's like we take the bait, hook, line, and sinker. Because I think we don't know this so well. And We're not just following the basic, basic stance or the basic rules that God gives us. So if we go back to James, let's have a look at James for a minute. Um, James 4, 7 to 10. I think there's some keys in this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. We were talking about that earlier, weren't we? And then he goes on, and a lot of people... You know how when we get people quoting a scripture all the time, they just quote the, the one little bit, but they don't read the rest, yeah? So let's just read the rest for a minute, just the, just this little portion. I think it, it actually gives us some highlights. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. This is James, right, writing to the church. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Wow, that doesn't sound nice, does it? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I don't like that one. Let's, let's see if we can find another scripture we can quote because that one doesn't sound real good, you know. But you see, the thing is, that's what often to a lot of people is they read a scripture that's too hard and they don't want to go after it. And they don't want to understand it because it sounds like it's really harsh, but the reality is this is the key that unlocks a door to our freedom. Right there. Resist the devil. Sorry, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Underneath that, he's talking then about what it means to, re- to submit to God. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded, lament and mourn and weep. It's kind of like the whole thing in one. Submit, resist. What are we resisting? We're resisting the work of the enemy. Do you know that the enemy will come in and he'll get along So and say, come on, come on, Cheryl. Come on, let's go and, let's go and talk bad about this person over here come on, you, they hurt you so bad, come on, you know, and then he'll go over to this one, and he'll say, come on, your boss really done it dirty on you, didn't he, eh, come on, let's, let's go and, let's go and do something to his car, so he really, we get him back, yeah, come on, let's do that, you know, and then the devil will come in, and he'll say, oh, come on, you know, you know that you, that, that bill that's coming up, you need you know, the best thing you can do is tax time coming around. Let's just cheat a little bit. Let's just see see if we can manipulate everything just so we get a little bit extra, you know. I mean, it's good, it's good, because you'll pay the bill and you'll feel good, you know. And this is the way the enemy works. He comes in, you know, and we know it. Everyone knows that's what he does. Do you know that um, James just nails it here? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Now, I'm I'm just going to share a couple of things that I think um, we probably don't read a lot of in church these days. All right. So, 2 Timothy. This is end times stuff. um, 2 Timothy 3. But know this that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of themselves of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, <gasps> shocking, disobedient to parents, Tisk tisk, unthankful, oh my goodness, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Does that sound like the world we live in today? What about the church? Does that sound like portions of the Western, modern Western church? I've been a part of all that. And I had to just realize that. That leads me nowhere. I believe that Paul was seeing what's going to happen. You know that the Bible says that we are to be in the world but not of the world. Now, we are saved by grace. Yeah, right. It's a free gift. You know the word grace is the word, is the Greek word charis, which means gift. It's a gift. Your salvation is a gift. That's the beauty of this, you can't do anything to earn your salvation. You are saved by grace. But the Scripture tells us that we walk by faith. Yeah? How many people know that it's impossible, the Bible says, to please God without faith? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so we're we're called to walk out a journey with Christ that is by faith. Now, if we were to come back to those two words that I highlighted before out of James chapter 4... Submit and resist, which I believe is the key to having victory. Submit to God, resist the devil, and you'll have victory. The first one, submit, is really significant. If we, get to under, if we could understand that in the church today, we would have a vital key to our victory, a vital key to be able to walk in the power and the presence and the might and the glory of Almighty God, if in fact we are to learn what it means to submit. See, submitting to God is something that, I don't know. I think, as Shek highlighted earlier, a lot of us, we have this thing where we are all, you know, we sit back, we sit in our lounge chair, and we go, you know, I, I just want to receive. And we sit in the pew, we go to church, and we, we want a good show, we want, to, we want to feel good. If it doesn't rack up to our expectations, we'll go shop around for another one. But it's not about what happens on Sundays. It's about what happens in here. And I'm wondering whether we even know what it means to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ these days. One of the things that God's been showing me is that <clears throat> the, the end result of discipleship is that we teach people how to feed themselves. You know, so that you get to the point where you, you're able to grow yeah? So you're, you're reading the Bible, you're studying, you're spending time with God, you're allowing his spirit to stir you up, you're growing in God. Yeah, And if we're submitted to God, if we're submitted to our heavenly Father, if we're humbled before him, if we're focused on him rather than on ourself, which is what Jesus said when he said, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross. All right? So denying of yourself is a part of being submitted to God. Does that mean that God is not interested in our soul or our self-life? He actually is, you know. But he has a different plan than we do. That's the thing. You know that Jesus said that when, when the disciples were talking about, you know, whether they had enough food and this and that, and he stopped and he said, guys, why do you worry about everything? About the food that comes on your table, about the clothes that you're going to wear. Why do you worry about these things when God looks after the birds and the animals and you know the flowers and how beautiful they are arrayed? And how much more will He supply all your needs according to His riches and glory? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil. My shepherd, who has a rod and a staff that comforts me, is there all the time. Isn't that beautiful? That's what we need to be. We need to be in a place where we're so, so submitted to God, and we're so focused on him. And, you know, the songs that we sing about, they reflect him rather than us. Now, do, do we not sing about things that... Yes, we do, because, you know, I mean, we, we read David, who was a beautiful psalmist, and half of the psalms that he wrote about were coming out of his soul, and God loves that. Yeah? But there's a protocol in approaching God that we've got to understand, you know. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, you know, when Jesus said, this is how you pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the very first thing we ought to do. So we're submitted to God first and foremost in our life. And as we submit to him, as we focus on our attention on him rather than on ourself, and our own pleasure, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will be added to us, yeah? So if we're to be a resistance, if we're, if we're to be an army of life-giving Christians, the body of Christ who violently take, you know, the kingdom back, the, you know, the kingdom is advancing violently. <sighs> How does that happen? It's, it's by becoming an army that has its focus on the king. How many people have ever owned a dog? Ever owned a dog? You ever Was your dog one of those faithful, loving companions? I drive buses, or I have a dog, by the way, but as a bus driver, I see a lot of things on the side of the road as I'm driving along, and oftentimes I see people walking their dogs. One of the things I see a lot is... The the owner is walking along, sometimes jogging, yeah, jogging along with the dog, and they'll be just walking or jogging along, and the dog, if you ever notice, will be looking where it's going and then looking up at the owner. (laughs) You ever see that? And they're focused, they're focused to see what's going on up here. Because they look at your eyes. They look at the expression on your face. They want to see where you're, what you're seeing. They want to go where you're going. They want to know where... If you turn your head this way, they're going to turn their head and, and go that way. You ever notice that? You know, because the dog is so focused. That's why they're called man's best friend, because they're so focused and loyal. And if you treat them right, they're just the most precious, precious, precious animals. And they just, you know, And the focus is right there. And I think... For me, that, that is an indication of the kind of focus we ought to have when it comes to the Lord. Everything he's doing, we, we want to be, you know, we've got our life and we, we're rolling with our life, but we're constantly checking, Lord, where are you up to, Jesus? Oh, oh. you're looking over here. You ever seen it where you're driving along or you're walking along and then someone's standing there looking up in the sky and everybody just walks along. And that, the next thing you know, everybody's going like this. What are we looking at? What's up there? And then the guy goes, he, he's got a sword next to He walks away. Oh, and then everybody's like, he wasn't looking at anything. You know? <laughs> but you see, here's the thing, right? If our focus is on, on Christ, as we're submitted to him in everything in our life, where do we need to submit? In every area of our, our lives. See, if the, if the enemy has an entrapment in your life, maybe an ongoing area where you, you can't get control off. You ever get... Don't put your hands up, but I'll put mine up because I've been there, right? I've had to deal with stuff over the years that have, that have been like entrapments in my life. If you know that there's something that the enemy's just maybe got a trigger on, got a foothold, um, Ephesians, I think it is 3.20, Somewhere around there. It says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not let the devil get a foothold. What's he saying? He's just using anger as, as an example, but it's a very common one because a lot of people struggle with that. When you get angry and you harbor that anger and you don't deal with it, you don't let it go, then it lodges in here and creates a stronghold, doesn't it? It creates a root and the enemy will grab hold of that and use it against us, yeah? happens all the time, right? It's the same with lust. It's the same with um, pretty much any addiction. It's the same kind of thing. And how often do we find that maybe an addiction or something that has been an ongoing problem in our life? And so what are we doing? We're trying to get victory. We're trying to resist the enemy's attack. We're trying to walk in the freedom that... You know, Christ bore for us on the cross, which is our right. It's our birthright, our born-again birthright, is to walk in this victory. And yet, oftentimes, we don't know how to do that. And I think the reason why is because we're trying to resist without having submitted. We don't know how to do that anymore because we're so focused on self that our submission is pretty lame. We're a lot more like the church that Paul describes to Timothy where they have a form of godliness, but there's little power. Man, I don't want to be that. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You know, that, unfortunately, is why a lot of Leaders in the church fall by the wayside. There's there's several reasons, you know, um, several main reasons, you know. Pride, power, pleasure. There's three P words, right? Pride, power, and pleasure. The, The biggest problems for most of us And they're the areas that the enemy will gravitate towards. All right, so here's a thought that I had um, this afternoon. I don't think there's anybody in in this room who's never been overwhelmed by the enemy, never been overwhelmed by whatever the enemy's producing around us or in us. The question is, what do we do when that happens? Um, I mentioned earlier, I put up my hand, I mentioned earlier that I'm constantly dealing with um, temptation. Now, temptation comes in lots of different forms. It can come in a sense of being overwhelmed by a situation. You're just tempted to run, tempted to give up, tempted to start again, tempted to sin, tempted to say, it's all too hard, put this in the too hard basket, tempted to not believe God. You know, you get the, the voice of the enemy in your ear and it's a subconscious thing. It's not like, you know, I know it's a bit of fun, but it's not like, Luke, you know, come to the dark side. It's more like, um, oh, you, you, you're not really that good, are you? Yeah, what, what, what she said, that's true. Thou never... Stand by you like they say that they will, oh yeah that 's right you're you 're a no hoper remember that 's what your daddy said all along it 's so true isn 't it see that's that 's the voice of the enemy isn 't it that 's not the voice of our God, and he comes in, and so what do we do when that happens you know there 's a story, and i 'm just going to i 'm going to wrap this message up with this story i didn 't use it this morning, but um, in 1 Kings 19, we see incredible victory takes place um, as Elijah is confronting the prophets of Baal. And in the background, you've got this Queen Jezebel, right? And Jezebel's a wicked lady. And, uh, and she is not happy because she's been defeated and her prophets have been defeated in front of the whole nation. And the, Elijah has, if you know the story, and some of you might not know it, and so in a, in, in a simple wrap-up, Elijah, um, he says to these prophets, okay, we're going to see whether your Baal is, 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 is the kingpin around here, or the guide the of all creation is the kingpin, right? So um, how about you set your, your, your altar up and put your bull on there and put a whole lot of fuel on it and get it all ready and see if he makes it burn, right? And uh, what you can do with my altar is you can douse it with water and get it all so it's like almost non-burnable. He said, "This is we'll just try and make it a little bit easy, a little bit even. And the story goes, of course, that these prophets of Baal went crazy trying to get Baal awakened, you know, and Elijah's tormenting. and saying, like, oh, I think he might be asleep, you know. <laughs> Come on, shout a little bit louder. Let's see if we can get that fire from heaven. Come on. And nothing happens. And then so Elijah prays to God and says, you know, and the whole place. And all the prophets who was, of Baal that were standing around looking, they all got burnt as well. And it was just like, bang, you know, God shows up. And then Jezebel goes off her nut and says, he's, she's going to kill Elijah. Well, How often have we ever been in a situation where we've just won a victory, a mighty victory in God? We've just had a euphoric experience. We've had an encounter with God. We've just been to the best service we've ever been to, you know? we just won someone for Jesus. we just got a prophetic word. Someone just prophesied over us and told us the rest of our history is going to be amazing and we're going to be speaking before, you know, prophets princes and kings and, you know, and and it was the best word anyone could have ever got and then the enemy just comes in, I'm going to get you. And you're like, I got nothing. And the next thing Elijah's doing is hiding in a cave. Mighty Elijah, prophet of the living God, who's raised the dead, who's seen oil produced to to feed starving people, who's who's called upon three and a half years for the cloud to for the rain to not come, and then he prays and it does come, and then this wicked woman just says, I'm gonna kill you, and suddenly he's he's done. He's done. You ever had that experience where suddenly, for some weird unknown reason, you're just done. Oh, I just can't do this anymore. It's just too hard. Let me tell you something, that the enemy has a way of overwhelming us to the point where we can't function. What do I do? What have I been learning to do? Well, this is in a nutshell for me. If I don't do this, I might dwell in that place for a little while, and I might even be tempted to the point of giving in and running away. But this is what I've learned I have to do. I have to press into God. I have to rest. If I'm so tired, if everything, I've put everything in, and the enemy comes in and bashes me, and he will, he's going to be constant in our lives. He's going to be constantly against us. He hates us with a passion. He's permanently trying to run you out of town. right? He is the invading force that will never stop until he's destroyed, right? And we are the resistance. We are God's kingdom on earth, resisting the enemy. But the only way we can resist the enemy is when we submit to God. How do we submit to God? We lean into him. We have our focus back on him. We say, God, I can't do this without you. I have no strength left. I am nothing without you, oh God. You see, when you die to yourself... You can't die anymore. Once you're dead, you can't die again, right? It's true, isn't it? There's a scripture. Where is it? Hebrews 12:4. In our struggle against sin, the writer to the Hebrews says, "We have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood." The context of that is simple: in that in that era, people were being thrown to the lions and being sawn in two and being attacked on all sides by the Roman government, who were like the on-earth authority of the enemy, trying to shut down Christendom, like Hitler and his cronies trying to shut down the Jews, and 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 so anybody who preached the gospel was, was going to be targeted, just like we saw a few years ago when ISIS was running through, through um, Syria and, and, and Iraq and, and, and beheading all those who stood for Christ. And they'd go around and they'd put the symbol of the, 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 um, the Arabic, what looked like a J or a big hook with a top on it, which is the symbol that represents that they are associated with the Nazarene or the one Jesus. The enemy will come at us. And the Hebrew, writer of the Hebrew says, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. In other words, you're still alive, guys. You're still alive. So you haven't resisted to the point where that's costing you your, your life yet. So there's still a little bit more resisting to do, guys. It might cost you your life. But here's the thing. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to lay down your life and then take up your cross and then come after me. Now, the walk with Christ is the most exciting walk in, ever. Like to be, to be a part of, you know, the, the resistance, to be a part of the, the kingdom of God on earth, you know, to to be able to see lives changed, transformed, healings. I mean, I've seen skin grow over open wounds. I've seen body parts pop back into place. And I've heard amazing stories of people being raised from the dead. I've had friends who have prayed for people who have been... I've prayed for people who have been dead. I've prayed for a little baby. Sheikh and I prayed for 14 hours for a little baby one time. To, you know... But unfortunately, the child didn't come back to life. But we stepped into a place where we believed and, and, and just took the Word of God as it was. And, you know, And I, I, I want to keep on pressing in. I don't want to be one of those who, who, who um, have a form of godliness but have no power. I don't want to be like that. I want to be one who has a victory and walks in the victory and knows how to stand against the wiles of the enemy. I used to give in all the time to temptation, um, to the lust of the flesh, to the lust of, you know, even my belly, you know. Um, But once you start getting into a place where you're submitting to the Lord and you're humbling yourself, maybe fasting, praying, Constantly putting him in the focus, having the word of God back on the agenda, having prayer back on the agenda, community, fellowship, unity. You know, you only need to look at your life to know whether you're submitted to God. Because if you're gossiping against your brothers and sisters, if you're speaking bad, then you know you're not in unity. And if you're not in unity, you're not submitted to God. Not in that area. You might be submitted to God in one area of your life, but there's a certain area of your life that's not submitted to God. And you, you only need to look at, you know, your internet usage. Whoops. Oh, no, that's not a, I thought I was stepping on you too. Uh, you only need to look at what you do in your private life to know whether you're submitted to God. And I'm not trying to beat anyone up because we're all, we're all dramatically working through this stuff. But if we don't deal with the stuff that's holding us back, with tying us down and having us anchored in, if we don't deal with the strongholds that are in our life, we're not going to receive and walk in victory. We have the opportunity, the potential to walk in amazing victory and to walk in the power of the Almighty God. We have this amazing gift, life, grace, peace. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, is what grows inside us as we submit to God. If you don't have those things, if we don't have those things, it might be that we've just got to lay it all down again, get on our knees and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm wondering whether repentance is a lost art in the church. 1 John 1.9 says, If you have sinned, confess your sin, and he who is faithful and just will forgive your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. True. That's the truth. Now we have this grace. We're not under law, and yet if we walk in our own ways and ignore the Lord and aren't submitted to him, aren't focused on him, then we're in sin. If we're not believing in him, we're in sin. If we're gossiping and maligning one another and living in lust and our relationships are out of whack, and then we just need to get on our knees and say, okay, God, I recognize that I'm not fully submitted to you right now. I want, I want to walk in that. And then, you see, then as you submit, then you can resist the enemy. And every time, you know, every time the enemy comes at me, I know that if I'm submitted to God, I can resist him. If I'm focused on Jesus, he gives me the strength, hey? I can do all things through who? Christ. Only through Christ. All the things that he asked me to do, I can do in his strength. Yeah? Isn't that good news? Come on. I'm going to wrap it up and just maybe pray for some folk. I want to give you an opportunity um, maybe just to maybe what we could do is rather than having me or one of our team lay hands on you and pray I want to just remind you of the fact that the Holy Spirit is Drawing you in to intimacy with Him, that the Holy of Holies is open. There's a torn veil. There's access, and you don't have to come like with a priest in a little booth and say, "Father, I've, you know sinned," and you know, and you, you say this, and then the priest turns around and says, "Well, if you say a bunch of Hail Marys and a, you know, turn around on the spot and." You know, shake your leg like this. You'll be, you'll be right. Um, I, I know I'm messing around. I'm, I'm, I'm joking with something that is, for a lot of people, very serious. But, and I apologise for that. But the reality is, is we can come to the Lord wherever we are because we all have access. Every single one of us has access. There's not one person who, is not once they've given their life to Christ is not good enough to come in to that holy place because it's not based on your goodness it's based on his what we do when we get to that door we just got to submit and and that's humble being humble before him so die to self and if he highlights something in your life that you go okay I've got to let that go (laughs) that's wrecking me right now it doesn't you know maybe it's a tormenting thought like I'm not good enough you know that the enemy can he can get inside your brain through neural pathways and continue to bring you back to the same thought over and over and over again the same destructive thought that takes you out continually you know the As we submit, what we do is we submit our brain, we submit our mind, we submit our thought processes to God. We say, God, I submit my whole self to you. I submit my childhood experiences of trauma. I submit to you that pain. I submit the hatred to that person who did that thing to me that causes me so much pain. You submit the the root of where the pain is, and you hand it over and you say, God, only you can deal with that. Only you can take this away. Only you can heal me. And I want to tell you that if I don't, if I as a teacher don't say to you that you can come to God in the privacy of your own home and find healing with God, then I'm doing you a disservice. If I say you have to come to me because I'm the guy, then I'm, I'm selling you a false doctrine. I'll I'll be here to walk you through it and I'll take the call when I can. Unless I'm driving a bus, you know. (laughs) That's just the reality of my life as a full-time worker. But God is there 24-7. I will never leave you or forsake you. The door is always open. And all we need is the tools. All we need is the the framework. How do I get healed? Submit to God. Humble yourself before the Father. Get on your knees. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I keep falling back into this trap that the enemy set for me when I was five years old. I want to submit that moment to you as well. And as we submit, see, there might be some unpacking for people and you might not get the full shebang of healing and unlocking and in the, the first time you kneel before the Father, but He's gentle and He's patient and He's kind and He's loving and He'll walk you through it and He won't beat you up when you fall over again. He's like a good dad says, come on, I'll teach you how to ride that bike and when you fall over, he doesn't go, you stupid child. Come on, get back on. Let's fix up that sore knee. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Yeah? Come on. That's what, this is our God. This is our Papa. This is our Daddy. But we can't live a lie which says we can do whatever we want. It's all going to be okay. Because the devil will just strangle hold you. He will turn you upside down. Jesus said, the devil roars. No, it was Peter. They all said it. It was all good. (laughs) The devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he should devour. You only need to just... You don't have to be around the church that long to see the enemy at work what we want to do is be a church that shows Jesus at work the most amen come on so what I want to do I want to give you some moments you don't have to come out the front sometimes it's helpful I'll, I'll get myself in a place of prostrate I didn't fall over I just get myself before the Lord this carpet in this place. When there's a night like this, when there's not many people, do what Emily does. Lie down on the pew. Yeah? That's cool, isn't it? Just lie down on the pew. and Yeah, that's it. Good on you, Emily. See? Get underneath the pew if you really want to. Hide from everybody. You know? Just go sit in the corner if you need to. Let's just take some time. I want to give you an opportunity If you feel you need to let go of something, if if you can honestly say, you know what, I'm not fully submitted to the Lord right now. I want to give you an opportunity, not before me, but before God, to just reaffirm your submission to God. If you feel as though you're not really walking in victory and and you want to, that's the first place to start is submit to God, be in submission to God your whole life, submit your neural pathways, what's that, your brain thoughts, your thought life, submit that, submit everything that's going in everything that's going out (laughs) submit what you put in your body submit what you put through your eye gate submit, lay it down confess if you've been watching or taking in things or consuming things that are not good for you, drugs, alcohol sexual relations that aren't are outside of God's intention for your life. You know what they are. You're not silly. God's gentle with you, but the devil's not. And uh, and I know that firsthand. But I know the gentleness of my father that's why I can confidently say if you submit to God and out of that submission make a firm stand to resist the devil doesn't mean he's going to stop coming back but he will that stronghold will will, 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 will go that stronghold will go now Jesus did say that there are some that won't come out except by prayer and fasting now some of you might have Strongholds that have been established in your journey um, that might need a little bit extra work. Don't be afraid to tackle it. But just let the just tonight, just take a few minutes. It doesn't have to be long. We're going to have some food in a little while. We've got, got some nice pasties and stuff out there. So let's, uh, I'm going to pray and I'm just going to open up. This time for about five or ten minutes or whatever. If I feel like you need more, if you just want to stay a little bit longer while Chrissy packs up, feel free to do so. And uh, then we'll head on over and have some food together yeah. So, Father, I just bless your word. I bless uh, your people. Lord, if there's anything that's been said tonight that is not true or not, not completely reliable, I pray that you'd let it fall to the ground or that we'd wrestle through it together and come to the better conclusion. But Lord, I submit to you that we, your people, desire to walk in victory according to your plan and your purpose. And So Lord, we take the time now to to get right with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au